Good morning to you and welcome to uh, Pastor's West Baptist service this morning and happy Father's Day uh, to all the fathers uh, looking in or to all those who are maybe not fathers and should look to be uh, father figures for other people in lives. Happy Father's Day to you and what a wonderful day it is to celebrate with families and with um, our children. Uh, This morning, as I was uh, spoiled this morning with a breakfast, and in many ways, I almost felt uh, guilty receiving it in some ways because I'm fully aware of my failings as a father. And uh, as I was thinking of this uh, this morning, I thought to myself, how good it is that even though I fail as a father, I have a father who never fails me. I have a father who never fails to look after my family and my children when I fail. And I have a father who looks after and cares for me. As fathers, we are called to be shepherds of our family, to lead them and guide them and point them to the Savior and show them kindness and love. And we have that great shepherd, don't we? The one who leads and guides And the one who never, ever fails. And I want us to think about this shepherd this morning as we come into our worship together. Psalm 23, it says these very familiar words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I praise the Lord that we have this kind of shepherd, this kind of father this morning. That we can call on him and pray to our father. That even though we fail as fathers, we have a father in heaven who never, ever fails us. And we can know and experience his love today as we worship together our king. So I would encourage you this morning, let us engage in the worship this morning. Let us continue to say hi to one another and welcome one another. Let us continue in this in this time of reflection that we will have at the end to share scripture references and encouragements to one another as we continue to build one another up until hopefully we can soon meet again in a safe way, in a socially distanced way, but together. And I long for that day. So as we begin this time of worship, We are going to have a reading from Brendan, uh, Psalm uh, 57, and then we are going to sing, The Lord is my shepherd, and we will sing that out loud uh, together, and then we will turn in our Bibles to Ruth 3. So let us turn to our reading right now, Psalm 57. Reading from Psalm 57. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you... My soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens, your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, 
O God above the heavens, let your glory be over all the earth. And may the Lord bless the reading and the meditation of his word. Amen. our shepherd who leads us and guides us and he will bring us home wonderful words can you turn in your bibles to ruth chapter 3 if you have your bibles and if you are watching in from youtube or or facebook live we are delighted and encouraged to have you with us here this morning so if you have a bible please turn to ruth uh, chapter 3 again if you you don't have a bible please just uh, google that ruth chapter 3 i'll be reading from uh, the esv this morning and as i thought of this chapter this morning i was thinking about one of what i believe is the deepest longing in the human heart One of the deepest longings in the human heart, I believe, is the longing for refuge. It is the longing for security. It is the longing to feel safe. We have been given an instruction over the last few months, and the instruction has been this over the last few months. Stay at home. And we might be sick of staying at home, but what we've realized about the home is this, that the home has become to us over the last few months, the home has become to us that place of refuge, that place of security. Sometimes there's nothing quite like being at home, is there? 
You can lock the door, you can turn off the lights, you can curl up in the couch, maybe get a blanket, and you feel safe and secure and like you have refuge. I think this is one of the deepest longings in the human hearts, and we see that even from a very early age in our lives. I see it every night as I tuck my children into bed. As they gather up their teddies and maybe have their blanket beside them and there is this sense, there is this great comfort in knowing I'm safe, I have, I have refuge here, this is a good place for me to be. And of course that blanket that we often give our children, what do we usually call that blanket? We call it the security blanket, don't we? There is something that we long for, all of us. It is deep within us, it seems ingrained in us, this longing for refuge, rest, and security. This is what Naomi and Ruth are longing for. They are longing for refuge. They are longing for rest. And the reality is they do not have it. Why? Because they have no husband. No sons, which means they have no provision, no hope, and no future. And so they're longing for someone to come and give them that refuge that they so desperately need. And so the question is, will they get the refuge that they so desperately need? Ruth chapter 3 verse 1 says this. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative, with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he is finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, and, and then go and uncover his feet and, and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. You see, right now, at the end of chapter 2, we heard that the barley and wheat harvests were over. And yes, Ruth came back with two weeks' wages worth of food. But now, what are they going to do for rest now? What are they going to do for refuge now that the barley harvest and wheat harvest are over? Where are they going to get their provision from? And so the wheels begin to turn in the mind of Naomi. Because Naomi remembers something, doesn't she? Naomi remembers that this man, this field that um, Ruth ended up in, was a field belonging to Boaz. Do you remember what she said in, in chapter 2, verse 20? May the Lord Blessed the Lord through this man whose kindness has not forsaken the living and the dead. Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. You see, Naomi now sees that there is a possibility, there is hope, there is opportunity to find rest and refuge for Ruth. And she actually sees that as her obligation. If you look at verse 1. Should I not seek rest for you? This word rest is an important word in the book of Ruth and, and talks about this idea of, of refuge and, and security. And in fact, there are two prayers that are prayed for Ruth in this book of Ruth. The first prayer is prayed by Naomi. When Naomi is seeking to send them back to their home. Naomi prays this prayer in chapter 1, verse 9. She says, the Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her, of her husband. And so now she sees the opportunity to find rest. But she seeks to take things into her own hands. Maybe give God a helping hand with her prayer. 
Maybe give this man a little nudge, as we men often need. Because this man is a redeemer. Now that is very significant that he is a redeemer. The redeemers back in the day, they would be the ones who would have a responsibility to help impoverished family members. If family members lost a husband or if they lost their provision or if they lost their rights, their land, the redeemer would come in and, and buy it up. Also, there may be an option to mix traditions and have the redeemer come in and, and marry a widow and help provide for her. And Well, Boaz, he ticks all the boxes, doesn't he? You had to be a relative to be a redeemer, and, and he's a relative. You had to be rich to be a redeemer in order to buy the land, and he's rich. He ticks the boxes, but the question now is, is he willing? And Ruth is, or Naomi is looking at him thinking, wow, this guy ticks all of the boxes. Maybe we can help this along a bit. All we need is, is a little plan, don't we? All we need is to make this thing happen, because after all, he's a redeemer. So Naomi, instead of resting on God to provide this refuge, she thinks of a plan of her own. And the plan is a strange plan. Let's just call a spade a spade. In verse 3, we hear her say, why don't you wash and anoint yourself and put on your cloak and get ready to go down to the threshing floor? Anoint yourself, get ready, get all dolled up. Now, what is Naomi doing? Well, it is possible that Naomi in some way is getting Ruth prepared for this man. In such a way that she is now to take off her mourning clothes, which she may have been wearing at the time, and put on some newer clothes and anoint herself and look good. Maybe she had in mind that Boaz might do something else on that night, which would attach them to each other. We are not sure, but what I am sure of is this. Naomi has a plan to impress Boaz. And it's time for Ruth to get ready. Anoint yourself, get ready. And then she is to wait until he is eaten and drank and observe where he lies. And this is where the plan really gets strange. She is to go up to him, uncover his feet and lie down. Now, some see this as a reference to something uh, more that is going on. To uncover the covers means for her to go underneath the covers or something like that. I'm not sure that that is the case. I don't think so. In fact, as you look at this account, it seems that these are people of good character. Some would say that maybe this was a tradition of the day that they would go and uncover the feet. And this was actually quite normal. I'm not sure if that is the case either. Because I'm not sure that we have enough evidence to say that that is the case. And I also don't think it is quite that normal for her to wait until he is drunk and fall asleep and then uncover his feet. So what does it mean by uncovering the feet? Now I've looked at the Hebrew and I have come up with this conclusion. Uncovering the feet means uncovering the feet. <laughs> that is what she is to do. Uncover his feet and lie next to him. Now, not only does that mean that this plan is strange, but this plan is dangerous. In the middle of the night, Ruth is supposed to go up to this drunk man who is asleep, uncover his feet and lie next to him in the middle of the night in the threshing floor while all is dark in the land of Israel and Judah. That's what she is to do. That is the plan. That is a dangerous plan in this day. In this day when everybody is doing what is right in their own eyes. In this day where everybody is following after their own heart. In this day when Ruth is encouraged to stay beside the women lest someone assault her. This is a dangerous plan. Yet this is the only way. That Naomi can see that they can take refuge. 
You see, Naomi thinks that Boaz needs that little nudge, doesn't he? Naomi thinks that God needs a little helping hand with his plan. Yes, she has seen that God has been kind to her and bringing back two weeks worth of wages. But but why don't we just give God's plan a little nudge in the right direction and do things our way? Do we ever get caught up in things like that? Trying to give people a little nudge. Trying to push them in the right direction. Trying to help our sovereign God with his plan. And so we come up with our own. We try and make these things happen. We try and find refuge for ourselves and for others rather than trusting in God to be our refuge and theirs. I think this happens to us in many, many ways in life. But I think this happens especially to those of us who are parents. Oh, how we have plans for our little ones. Plans to be their refuge and their security. And yes, we are called to protect our children and we are called to care for our children. We are called to tell them to put on their seatbelts and to tell them to look both ways when they are crossing the road. But sometimes we as parents, we fall short just of of bubble wrapping our, our children all up. We make all these plans for them, trying to cover every single scenario and ensure that we can be their refuge. When we should learn that ultimately we don't have control. We need to trust in God to be their refuge, in God to be the one who is going to be their security. If this last few months has taught us anything, surely it has taught us this. We are not ultimately in control. And so we need to trust God for this. Because they will go to school and they will go to college and they will go to into this big, bad world. And so we need to trust in God. In his plan and not our own. Often we are tempted, aren't we? To nudge people in the right direction. Change the plans of God. Rather than trust him to be our refuge. Now Ruth, when she hears this plan, surely you know what Ruth is going to do when she hears this plan. I mean, this plan is crazy. You want me to go in the middle of the night, uncover his feet, lie next to this drunk guy. We all know what's going to end up happening at the end of this story, don't we? And yet Ruth's response is amazing. Verse five. And she replied. All that you say, I will do. Everything that you say, I will do. This is such a rude statement, isn't it? All you say, I'm going to do. Instead of saying, are you nuts? This is crazy. This is an insane plan. No, she says, all you say, I will do. This is Ruth all over again, isn't it? Remember her in chapter 1, verse 16? Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Even she says, where you die, I will die. Ruth is showing loyal love again. And then chapter 2, verse 2, when they needed, when they needed food from the field, what did Ruth say? Ruth said, let me go. And now Ruth hears this crazy plan from Naomi. And she says, I will do it. And what we see in Ruth is this. She is not trusting Naomi in this moment. She is not trusting the plan in this moment because the plan's insane. She is trusting her God. She is trusting in God to be her refuge in this time. In God to be her security in this time. And that, my friends, is what we need to do in life. Oh, we are so careful with our plans and our procedures for life. We want to make sure everything is perfect in our lives. 
Live a nice little quiet Christianity that doesn't worry about the outside world, that isn't willing to take any risks for the name of the Lord. And yet look at this Ruth, how she steps out in faith. And are we to live reckless lives? No. I mean, we're to put on our seatbelts. We're to look both ways when we're crossing the road. We're to take the right and necessary steps for safety in life. And yet, ultimately, we know this. We are not in control. The Lord is going to be our refuge. I can't cover every single base. And if the last few months have taught us anything, it is this. We are not in control. We need to trust in the Lord. To be our refuge. And this is what Ruth does. And so we hear how she enacts this plan. Verse 6, it says this. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. What I want you to see in those verses, especially in verse 6, is this, that Ruth did everything that she was commanded to do. She didn't skip one beat in the plan. She kept with the plan. She waited and looked and watched until he went to lay upon the heap of grain. She waited for him to eat. She waited for him to drink. And then she went over to him and uncovered his feet and she lay down. Can you imagine what she must be thinking at this time? Here's this smelly man who's been working for the day. His breath stinks of drink. And I'm supposed to lie by his feet? I've washed. I've cleaned myself. I don't think this fella has. What does she have to do but to trust in God? This man could do anything to her and he would get away with it in those days. Yet she trusts God. And so what happens? Well, in verse 8 it says, At midnight the man was startled and turned over and behold, a woman lay at his feet. I love this. He's startled in the middle of the night. Why? Well, I assume this. His feet are uncovered. And if you ever had your feet outside the cover, sometimes it gets cold. And I imagine in the night on the threshing floor in Judah, it would have been cold, right? And so he wakes up. He is, he is startled. And it's not as if he can flick on the lights. Can he? No electricity. I can't flick on the lights. And behold, it says, a woman. <laughs> At his feet. He hasn't seen that before. And he looks down and he sees this woman at his feet. Now, what question is he going to ask? Of course, you're going to ask a question at this time. And he does ask a question in verse 9. He says this, who are you? He can't recognize her again. He can't turn on the light. So he asks the question, who are you? And Ruth, she gives both a simple answer. And an extraordinary answer. Verse 9, she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Who are you? I'm Ruth, your servant. It's a simple answer. And the extraordinary answer. Spread your wings over me, for you are a redeemer. There are two prayers prayed for Ruth in the book of Ruth. The first was for by Naomi, calling on the Lord to give her rest. And the second was by Boaz in chapter 2, verse 12. He prayed this, the Lord repay you for what you have done. And a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. You see, Ruth remembers that prayer. And Ruth then, in effect, says to him, Boaz, 
I think you are the answer to your prayer. You want the Lord to spread his wings over me? I think the Lord is going to use you. Spread your wings over me. In effect, what she is doing is this. She is saying to Boaz this. She is getting down on one knee and saying, Will you marry me? Will you be my protection? Will you be my refuge? Will you be my security? And this is the most dangerous and risky move of all. Why? Because he is the boss and she is the servant. He is the man and she is the woman. He is the Israelite and she is the Moabite. Make no mistake about it. This is not a normal situation. And he at midnight can do anything he wants with this woman. What kind of man is Boaz going to be? Verse 10 tells us. And he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first in that you have gone after, not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. What kind of man is Boaz? Boaz is a kind man. Boaz is a good man. You know what Boaz means? To the best of our knowledge, his name means strong. Boaz is a strong man. Boaz is the type of man who holds back his desires and trusts in the Lord. This is what Ruth has done in this moment. She hasn't trusted Naomi's plan. It is crazy. She hasn't trusted Naomi. It is crazy. What has she done? She has trusted in the Lord to be her refuge. And the Lord has answered this prayer. Sometimes life gets crazy, doesn't it? I'm reminded of the time, you know, when I was a teenager, I used to um, jump off the pier in Monkstown and swim in the water there at the pier in Monkstown. And, and one day I remember getting caught in the current. And I remember the fear that struck me as I was caught in the current. Wondering, how would I get out of this? Where is my help going to come from? Some of us, we are caught up in the currents of life this morning. How am I going to get out of this? Where is my help going to come from? There she was lying in, at midnight in the field, proposing to a man, not knowing what would happen, and yet trusting in the Lord to be her refuge. The psalmist prays this, and I believe it can be our prayer. Psalm 57, verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me. For in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Who are you going to trust this morning to be your refuge? You will make all your plans to make life as secure as possible for yourself. But soon, one day, you will realize that life doesn't give you the refuge that you hope for. Life doesn't give you the security that you need. The only one who can give that to you is our Lord and Savior. And if you would call out on him to give you mercy, call out on him to be your refuge. Even as Christians, we continue to make all these plans to ensure that our life is going to be this perfect time of bliss. And you will realize it's not. The only place you will find refuge is in him. And so at this time for Ruth, you want the story to end, don't you? I mean, they can live happily ever after now, can't they? 
They can walk down the aisle, Mr. Strong and Miss Friend, together, a life happily ever after. He's the redeemer. He wants to redeem. She is the servant. She wants to be with him. He wants to spread his wings over her. He, She wants to sit underneath her his wings. This is perfect. Until Boaz has to open up his big mouth. Verse 12. And now it is true that I am a redeemer. Yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then. As the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until morning. Can you imagine if Naomi was there at this moment? Or if a friend of Boaz was there at this moment? Boaz, what are you doing? Who cares about the other redeemer? Nobody needs to know about him. Let's just... Like, this is the right thing. You want to marry her. She wants to marry her. you. You want to redeem her. She wants to be redeemed by you. You want to give her refuge. She needs refuge. I mean, this is a perfect match. It is a match made in heaven. Why would you ruin this? But Boaz, instead of making his own plan, Boaz wants to line up with the plan of God. See, it would be the right thing. But if he were to do it this way, he would do it in the wrong way. Boaz wants to do the right thing in the right way before God. You see, what Boaz is doing is he is trusting in God. He could have made his own plans. He could have set this all up his own way. And yet he knows it would not be right. He is trusting in God to be Ruth's refuge. God doesn't need him. And so he is going to trust God. Boaz truly is Mr. Strong. And then he tells her, well, you know, wait here for the night and, and, and sleep here by my feet in the night. And then they wake up early in the morning so that she wouldn't get caught and maybe that it would damage her reputation or his. Both of them are worthy people. Both of them are people who want to honor their Lord with their body and with their lives. But what he does is this, as he sends her away back to Naomi, he says to her, you know, get one of your garments here. And and she gets one of the garments and then he says to her, well, here's some barley for you. And he fills up her garment with six measures of barley. And so she walks home that day for a second time from Boaz with another week's worth of food. Now, when she gets home for the second time and Naomi greets her, what do you think is going to happen? There is going to be a conversation, isn't there? There is always a conversation. And so in verse 16, we read, and when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, how did you fare, my daughter? How did you get on? How did things go? Did my plan work? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, these six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. This is one of the most precious verses in the book. He gave her the barley, and he said to her, don't go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Do you remember the words of Naomi in chapter one? Do you remember them? I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Oh, how wrong she was. Because every time 
Ruth comes back from a visit with Boaz. Naomi has her hands full. Not empty. And so what Naomi realizes, despite her planning and her pushing and her conjoling and her manipulating, God is going to be her refuge. God is going to bring her the provision she needs. God's going to look after her. God has got this. She need not worry anymore. God's going to be her refuge. And so she is getting a glimpse of her future. That God is going to be her refuge in the future. And I think this book gives us a glimpse into our future. Can I tell you this morning, God has got this. God is in control. God is our refuge. God is our fortress. God is our strong tower. And the righteous will run into it and they shall be saved. This is our God. The one who does not leave his people. The one who cares, the one who leads, the one who guides, the one who's our shepherd. And he will not leave us stray. Oh, he will guide us with his rod and his staff. They will comfort us and they will lead us and they will care for us. You see, you know something about this world, don't you? One of the reasons I think one of the biggest longings in our hearts is the longing for refuge. It's because what we are really longing for, my friends, what we are really longing for deep down within our hearts, what we are really longing for is the eternal home, the place of real refuge. And we long like the psalmist longs in Psalm 61, verse 4. I long to dwell in your tent forever. Take refuge and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. I long to dwell with you forever and take refuge under your wings. One day, one day, we will finally Have our refuge in him. Our Savior said, I have gone to prepare a place for you. And that place for us is provided through him who is the way, the truth and the life. And for all of us who trust in him as our refuge, we will have that eternal home. I was looking at my home the other day, as many of us have had the chance to, and you you kind of, I'm glad we have a roof over our heads. I'm just reminded how temporary the home is, you know? You see those floorboards and they don't quite click together. You see that skirting that you haven't painted in years. You see those holes in the wall. I'm reminded. This home is temporary. If I'm putting all my hope in this home, I'm done. No. I long for a better place. A glorious and eternal home. Where I will spend it with my Savior. And dwell with him forever. I long to be with my Savior. And my prayer is that we today would not seek refuge in this world, but seek refuge in him alone. We're going to take this time now to sing to the Lord together. Rock of ages, cleft for me.
let me hide myself in thee. And I would encourage you to sing to him and not hold back. And then after this time, we will have a time of reflection and comments and prayer and thoughts as we sing to this God who promises to be our refuge. Let's sing Rock of Ages together. of ages cleft for me let me hide myself in thee i just realized uh, this is the beauty about being able to come back on again is i forgot to read for you the last verse and <laughs> you're probably saying oh, will you stop but um let me just close the sermon now by reading the last verse so she replied naomi to ruth and you can leave your comments now as you're listening she replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn now how the matter turns out. The man will not rest and will not settle until the matter is settled today. Boaz, Mr. Strong, will not rest until he has found her rest. And what a wonderful picture. It is of the Lord providing rest through this man, Boaz. I'm going to take this time and opportunity to say hello to a few of you, possibly not everyone. So please forgive me sometimes with these comments as well. I don't see the full comment. I think it's all up today. So please do take the time to share your verses, your comments, your thoughts. Um, maybe some encouragements that you might have. Again, uh, the worship was wonderful uh, this morning um, and we look to be updating you soon, hopefully, with what things uh, might look like as we seek uh, to gather again and what it might look like online that might be a little bit different and also uh, what it might look like together. Um, all we know is that we want to do it in a safe way um, and in a way that trusts um, and honours the Lord. Uh, so good morning to that. Uh, welcome this morning, Dad. Good to have you here with us. Good morning 
um, to Soraya, uh, Luana and the kids. Uh, they're together here uh, this morning. So good morning to all of you. Uh, great to have you here this morning. Steve Keating says good morning from YouTube. Uh, Bridge, good to have you again this morning. Wonderful to have you here. Uh, Johnny and Sarah and the family, uh, good to have you with us as well. Joining us from Facebook. Um, we have uh, the Ahuda family as well. Good to have you guys here this morning. Uh, God bless you. Uh, wonderful to have you, Brendan and Evelyn. Uh, thank you, Brendan, for doing uh, the reading. And Brendan will close our time in prayer as well uh, this morning. So do uh, stay around uh, for that as well as we close our time in prayer. Good morning to you, uh, Jamie, watching in from YouTube. Uh, fantastic to have you and the key things. And Eliana and um, Maro, good to have you here again this morning. And Claire, lovely to have you here again. And Hanan Abbey and Carmen and uh, Doina, good to have you. Amen, you say. Um, so wonderful uh, to have you. Um, good morning, Pat. Uh, thanks for joining us again this morning. Um, I hope, yes, this morning was inspiring, um, not mainly because of my words, right, um, but because I actually believe there's life in, in the word, in, in this Bible. Um, and so uh, we trust that those words uh, were inspiring. So thanks for saying that, Pat. Um, good morning to Andrew. Andrew writes from uh, Matthew 23, uh, 37. Jesus longs to have us under his wings, the safest refuge. May I read uh, Matthew uh, 23? Matthew 23, um, verse 37. Matthew 23, uh, verse 37. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. A wonderful scripture reference and that is um Harking back to these, this time repeated again and again. There's so many Psalms that talk about this idea of us being under the refuge of the Lord's wings. And I felt like reading all of them, but I stopped myself short because I knew I was going to go on a bit long today. But this is the desire of Jesus' heart, isn't it? Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to have gathered you as children underneath my wings. The Lord, he, he longs for you this morning and he's calling on you to come near to him and he will give you that refuge. I promise you that. We can spend so much of our time on earthly things, but our home is heaven. It's not this world. And so we should turn to the one who longs to refuge us, the one who longs to keep us. Um, and so that is Jesus. And so we thank him for that. Thank you, Andrew, for sharing that. Uh, Doina uh, shares um, this. Uh, this is the verse. This verse is a great reminder to us. Do not fear. The Lord is with you. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Doina, for for sharing um, that verse with us. Do not fear for the Lord is with you. I imagine uh, Ruth <laughs> on the threshing floor was talking to herself as she lay beside uh, this uh, Boaz. Um, I will not fear. I trust in the Lord. I trust in the Lord. I trust in the Lord. Every move she makes in the book is a move that trusts in the Lord. Again, we don't um, live reckless lives. That's not what I'm advocating for. We live lives that trust in him, lives that know that ultimately things will happen on this earth, but that long for the future, heavenly, everlasting home, the true place of refuge. And that is why I believe we long for that place 
um, so much. Steve O'Brien says, good morning. Good morning to you, Steve. Uh, good to have you here again this morning. Uh, Steve Keating uh, shares from Matthew 11, verse 28. Let me read to you Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is calling on us. Believers and non-believers, Christians and those who are not Christians yet. Jesus is calling on us to take refuge in him. Come to him who is our rest and trust in him to be our refuge. To not be making up our own little plans and schemes, but coming to him who makes our yoke and burden light. Good morning uh, to you, Jackie and Alan. Great to have you. Uh, good that these words have been encouraging to you and the songs as well, uplifting to you. Um, I praise the Lord for that. And in some way, through this technology, we can do that. Uh, good morning, Karen, uh, to you. Great to have you here with us uh, from YouTube and Jackie and Alan from YouTube as well. And then Soraya uh, writes, oh, this is from Tally. Hi, Tally. Good to have you. Thanks for sharing the verse. Um, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Um, Talitha, that is my hope for you. Uh, you will lift your eyes to the hills and you will see in your life that your help comes from the Lord. Daddy and mommy can't ultimately look after you and care for you. The only one who can care for you ultimately and be your refuge is him. And so my prayer is that you would trust in him, lean on him for the rest of your life and that he will be your refuge and that you will one day be in his heavenly home. What we're going to do now before I fall like a baby <laughs> is um, hand it over to uh, Brendan to pray and close our time. Thank you for joining us this morning and God bless you. Please keep tuned in um, for what we're going to be doing with the services in the coming weeks and we'll see you here again live on YouTube and live on Facebook next Sunday for Ruth chapter 4. The eternal God is our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Almighty God, this time last year, none of us could ever have imagined such a, a change in society, such a change in our lives. We were taking for granted the stability that we had day to day. Life was going on as it always has. And yet, there has been incredible change, but we also realize that none of us knows what lies ahead in the coming year. How fragile this world is, Lord God Almighty, indeed how fragile our very lives are. But we know that with the eternal God as our refuge, we are safe. Dreadful things may happen, but if God is our rock and our refuge, and if he is unchanging, but above all, Lord God, if we know that you are good, and we do, then we know and we can say with the hymn writer of old, it is well with my soul. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, for the security we can have from facing this life with all its uncertainty. Thank you that though we have security in this life, following your ways, we have something far greater than that. We have eternal security. It can never change. We commit ourselves to you in the week ahead, gracious God, and we ask that your kindness and your blessing would be with us on all that we do. Bless this land of ours, gracious God, 
thank you that the COVID-19 is easing. And indeed, we have escaped very lightly in Ireland. We have known none of the ravages that other countries have known. You have spared us. Uh, teach us to learn to live as a result of that more and more in the fear of God, that this whole land would be made aware that we are living from day to day uncertainly unless we are depending on the Lord God Almighty. Father, thank you above all for Jesus Christ in whose righteousness we come now and through whose name we offer this prayer. Father, bless us. Help us to remember the things we have learned this morning and bless us then in the week ahead. In Jesus' holy name. Amen.